Hey everyone, it's Joel here again from Soul Revival Church. Welcome to week two of the new way we are actually delivering church at the moment. Just wanted to let you know that we are continually working on eyeing out the kinks, like the audio quality, there is, you know, those kind of things associated with doing church in a new way. But what you're listening to right now is the audio from our live services that we are doing each week. So if you're interested in watching those live gatherings on the weekend, just go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you'll see the list of all six of our services at the top of the page. And we run these at the same time as we would usually meet when at those gatherings if we were still able to physically get there. But thank you for sticking with us. And now let's get into our Saturday night gathering at Kirui. What we're going to do now is pray, actually. And we've got Kim in a Zoom link up on the screen. Say hi, Kim. Hey. Fantastic. Um, so before you pray, Kim, I just want to ask you a few questions just to have a chat, just to catch up. Uh, so my first question is, what? so you're, you're a teacher. Uh, what, what years do you teach at school? Um, I'm a high school teacher. So I teach years 8, 10, and 11 this year. Fantastic. So how how is that going? You're an English and a dance teacher. I can imagine yep. dance potentially being a little bit more difficult to teach than English right now. How's how's that all going working out for you? Um yeah, so so I've had to be really creative with teaching dance really um online and I, I something I've been saying to my coworkers is that I feel like I've my career has changed from being a teacher to being a YouTuber overnight. Because my day is now sort of filled with me um, using the dance studio because I'm still going to school, um, using the dance studio at school to film lessons that I'm uploading for my students to watch at home um, that they can either watch along and write some notes about or they can actually do a practical class with me. And so my day has been making that content and then editing that content and then delivering it to the students. So it's been very different. Very different indeed. That's so good. How how are you guys delivering it? Are you, what are you using to do it all? So I'm using like YouTube as unlisted videos for the kids for dance. Um, but we I also tried a Zoom lesson with my year 10 dance class earlier in the week and that actually worked really well. Um, and lots of, lots of dancers um, are used to be using um, Zoom at the moment because that's what their studios are doing as well. So they're able to sort of log into Zoom and do a ballet class or do a stretch class or a technique class or anything really. So for dance, it's surprisingly working really well. Yeah. Very cool. So you're you're in this role seeing a lot of teenagers going through school at the moment in quite a crazy mm-hmm. time. Are there is there anything that are they are they dealing with okay? How do how do they think they're finding it all? Um, I think generally the kids that I teach anyway. Um, are finding this way less fun than they thought it was going to be. So I think they were sort of looking forward to being able to sleep in and just lie in their bed and do their work and everything like that. But um, when I've engaged with the kids that I mentor at school um, in my in my mentor group, a lot of them just seem a little bit, yeah, a little bit sad, a little bit down. Um, a lot of them have said that they miss their friends. So they're, they're doing cool things like when they're struggling with their schoolwork or something, they'll all Zoom each other. And so they'll try and be study buddies and they'll complete the work together, which is really cute. Um, but generally they're finding it hard um, to get into this new routine. So yeah, it's definitely a struggle that I'm seeing. Yeah. I think it's I think it's really important to continue doing stuff together, even if we can't 
be together like this. I think it's really cool that we're still able to have a chat and uh, you're still able to contribute to the service and praying in a minute. But I think so I was chatting to Finn last night in at the Friday gathering in this same kind of format. And he was talking about how his mates and him have started a walking group, a, a socially distanced walking group where they have to sit, uh, walk, sorry, a certain amount of distance away from each other. Are, there, are you seeing any of the students being creative like that or um, are they just using the internet or what are, what are you, are you seeing anything interesting? I'm not seeing anything like probably the most interesting thing I've seen is that they're just trying to be um, in contact with each other as often as possible. Um, yeah, that's, I guess from my perspective, that's what I've seen, but I'm sure there's lots of them. Yeah. Maybe trying to do something similar to what Finn's doing, but yeah, I definitely know a lot of them wish that they could be seeing each other more. So I might, I might suggest the social, social distancing walking group to my students next week. It, it was a good idea. I really liked it. <laughs> so my final question is you're a youth group leader and we've been doing youth over Zoom. How are you finding that? Are you, do you think that's something that's really exciting or do you think that's something we can use in the future or what, what kind of thing, what, what, did, what did last night look like as well? Um, so I guess it, it, what we've been looking, what youth has been looking like is that we've been doing, you've been using Zoom um, to be able to connect with the youth. Um, and last night was actually awesome. So um, we were able to do a lot of crazy activities. So we did a scavenger hunt um, which Ethan, you ran, and we were able to run around and grab different things in the house, like grab something old, grab something new, grab something orange. And then after we'd done all that, we had to stack them all in a tower and whoever had the best tower won. Um, and so that was really crazy. I did a segment called story time with Kim. So we're gradually reading through five minutes at a time of the lion, the witch and the wardrobe as a youth group. Um, so we've been doing we've been doing things like that, and um, it's been really encouraging to see everyone get involved and see everyone really happy to see each other as well. I think that's really cool. Um, and so I was I was saying to to Matt after we were done last night um, that it just feels as close to youth as it possibly can be, despite the distance between us and despite mm. the isolation. In a way, it still feels like youth, and that's that's really special. That's really good. Well, thank you so much, Kim. Uh, you're going to pray for us now. Would you be able to lead us in prayer? Thank you so much. Sure. Um, so my prayer um, is going to start with um, the beginning of Psalm 18. Um, and these are the words of David after a time of great suffering. Um, and he thanked God for delivering him out of that. And I thought that that was particularly relevant. So please join with me as I pray. Our great heavenly father, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Father, you are indeed worthy of our praise. In your great love for us, even though we do not deserve it, you have forgiven our sins and offer us eternal life. Father, as we acknowledge your greatness, as we understand that you hear us, and as we consider that you know each one of us perfectly from the inside out, we come to you this evening in prayer. Father, you know our struggles. Life as we know it has changed. Help us all in this time to feel as connected to one another as we can. We thank you for the technology we have, that people are able to stay somewhat connected. 
thank you that FUSE, Youth, Late Night, Soul Revival Council and community groups are able to meet over Zoom. It is a blessing to be together despite being apart. I pray for each of us in our particular circumstances. For the students, give them courage and resilience to persist in online learning. For those working from home, give them a sense of patience and establishment of routine. For those continuing to work at their regular locations, keep them safe. For those who are vulnerable, keep them safe. And for those who have lost employment or income, give them the comfort that can only come from you. And finally, for other, while it is difficult to make sense of the great suffering we see around us, we pray that we might trust in your goodness, knowing that you have already won the victory over sin on the cross. We remember how David continues to praise you in Psalm 18. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the, in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. Father, we bring these things to you knowing that you delight in us and you hear us. Help us to know that we are your children who you have rescued. And we thank you for Jesus, that by believing in him, we may have life in his name. And we pray these things in his name. Amen. We're now going to do the most important thing we do at Soul Arrival Church, which is hear from God's Word, hear from the Bible, and I'm going to read that for us now. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 14. Uh, so if you're reading along at home, grab your Bible, and we're going to flip to there. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try it. Try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Well, good day, everyone. It's great to be back and it's great to have the Bibles open so that we can be encouraged during this really disruptful period of time in our lives. We've got a really encouraging and exciting parable of Jesus uh, talking to us about a great banquet. The parable is alluding to the fact that Jesus is saying that the reality of heaven is real and the party that we will have in eternity is real. We have a future to look forward to and it can be really encouraging in times like this to remember that our future as Christians is going to be brighter than our past and even our present right now. But there are some people at the moment who are still considering how can they just try and create heaven on earth rather than just 
really understand the gravity of the situation we're in, uh, uh, try and encourage people to have social isolating and trying to be looking after each other by staying into our homes at the moment. Um, I've heard reports during the week of uh, the fact that many parties over the world have been held by people who think that because they're not really old that they might be somehow immune to the COVID-19 crisis and so our governments are encouraging people to take it seriously that this is a time to change the way we live. There are also uh, reports from across the world that many people are suffering and many people are going through a hard time at the moment. I read a newspaper article out of the New York Times about a young family who are dealing with the father who has COVID-19 who's isolated in his bedroom. He has chills and temperatures and he also has um, lots of aches and pains. And his wife, uh, in the article, she was saying that she's chosen to sleep on the floor of their lounge room and no one can go into the room other than to give him a meal or some water or maybe some painkillers. Even their cat can't go inside the bedroom despite its uh, protesting. And uh, her husband only gets out of bed just to go to use the toilet. But other than that, he's completely isolated in his room. It's a hard time to be isolated from each other, as Kim was talking about in the video when she was talking with Ethan. It's difficult when we can't be with our loved ones, and people are looking for a source of encouragement. During the week, uh, a group of celebrities in England, in their attempt to encourage people, uh, sang together Imagine by John Lennon. And if you're not familiar with the song Imagine, these celebrities were trying to uh, encourage people by singing Imagine There's No Heaven, Imagine There's No Hell. Uh, that's a theme in the song. Well, interestingly, even people who aren't people of faith have questioned that kind of comfort at a time when particularly a lot of older people are facing really grave dangers of passing away. To be singing Imagine There's No Heaven is almost like stealing their hope from them. It's interesting that as we try and adjust to this time that sometimes we don't feel equipped with the ways that we used to encourage each other. Sometimes we need to look to something more. And the exciting thing about today is that Jesus is giving us such a hope. He's giving us such an assurance that rather than saying, imagine there's no heaven, he says, not even the opposite of imagine there's a heaven. He actually says here in this passage, there is a heaven. There is a heaven. And it's important that you consider the reality of the future. In verse 16, Jesus is at a banquet at a Pharisee's house and he's been observing the Pharisees at this banquet and they've been behaving in a very human way. They're very arrogant. They're very self-obsessed. They're really interested in their own honour and even at the expense of other people's. And already Jesus has called them out for their desire to exalt themselves. In verse 11 of chapter 14, he says, For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So Jesus is really challenging their attempts at self-engrandizement, where he's saying to them that they just don't have compassion. They don't have compassion for the lost, they don't have compassion for the poor, and they don't have compassion for the sick. And this is a really good reminder for us in these times that we need to have the compassion of Christ for those around us who are lost, who are sick, and also those who are poor at this time. Only today I received a phone call before I came up uh, to the church today and it was of a man who said that he's just run out of money for food because he, all the money he's uh, earned has gone on his bond and he's just lost his job. Could the church help? It's a really important time for us to be listening to the needs of others and to be there to help them. 
already at this banquet earlier, the Pharisees and the experts of the law had been completely oblivious to a man who was sick at, in their presence. He had an abdominal swelling in his body. And in verse 3 of chapter 14, Jesus asked the Pharisees and the experts of the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? Interestingly, in verse 4, they remain silent. They're more interested in their response being received well or saying the right thing than they are to have compassion on this man. So taking hold of the man, Jesus healed him and sent him on his way. Then he said in verse 5, if, you, if, any, if one of you has a child or an ox who falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? Again, they had nothing to say because they had actually added to the law of God a whole heap of stipulations and laws. Now, obviously, the law of Moses encouraged them to have a day a week, which was the Sabbath, which they were to keep holy in honour of the Lord. And on that day, they shouldn't work. But in order to keep that, the Pharisees had made all these man-made rules and regulations around what was work and what wasn't work. Whereas Jesus busts into this false dichotomy that they'd created and actually encourages them to have compassion on this man. But also he looks around the table and he noticed that everybody has jostled for the important places on the table. And he says for them in verse 8, When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honour, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. In verse 9 he goes on to say, If so, the hosts who invited, invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you're invited, take the lowest place. So that when the host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and all those who humble themselves will be, ex will be um, exalted. Those there in this uh, particular place were exalting themselves. And Jesus is warning them to be careful that they won't be humbled. And those who will be humbled, including the man with the swollen abdomen, have already been exalted by Jesus. And this is uh, a living parable to show what awaits the Pharisees if they don't repent of their hubris. Coming down again to the parable that Jesus was telling about the great banquet, he's alluding to the future, that heaven will be like a great banquet and there'll be many invited guests. Now here in this parable, Jesus is saying that a certain man was preparing a banquet and invited many guests. And at the time, the banquet he set for his, uh, he sent out his servant to tell those who'd been invited to come, for everything is now ready. The servant goes out and he tells all the people who are invited that there's a banquet, expecting them to be excited. He's surprised by their response because in verse 18, Jesus goes on to say, But many, all alike, began to make excuses. The first said, I've just brought a field. I must go and see to it. Please excuse me. In other words, your banquet's not important enough for me to come. I have more important things to do. Verse 19, another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Your banquet is not as important as what I have to do here. Verse 20, still another said, I've just got married so I can't come. Again, the banquet is not important enough for me to accept your invitation. The servant came back in verse 21 and reported this to his master. And then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets, into the alleys of the town 
and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. What Jesus is contrasting here for us really clearly is that the invited guests to the banquet, the people of Israel, led by the Pharisees and the Sadducees, are making excuses to actually not take seriously the Son of God when he comes to say that he has come to bring in the heaven, uh, to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus says in verse 14 that he's come to proclaim the kingdom of heaven on earth and he calls on people to repent and believe the gospel so that they might not miss out on being a part of the kingdom of heaven now and into eternity that the pharisees here in this party that jesus is attending are still blind to the fact that he is the son of god and unwilling to accept that jesus is the christ he is the messiah the the son of god who has come to into the world to save sinners they would rather try and put themselves above Jesus than humble themselves. And so Jesus is likening the Pharisees to these people in the story, the, the, the people who have more important things to do, a yoke of oxen, a party, a wedding, buying a field. Our challenge today is to be really careful that we don't miss the invitation too, that we don't actually be like the people of Israel and not see that Jesus is the Messiah not recognize him as such well in the story in verse 22 the servant is ordered to go back out into the country lanes and bring even more people in you see the the man who was holding the banquet when the first group of people that he'd asked didn't want to come he goes and says just bring out the poor the crippled and the blind and the lame bring them in this is contrasting the 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 love of god with the pharisees the pharisees are more interested in their own reputation and god who actually has compassion on the poor and the lost he calls on the servant to go and bring in the poor the crippled the blind and the lame all those who are outcast and even after the servant has done that the servant comes and says but there's still more room and the master says go out again we want this banquet to be filled compel all of these people to come in so that my house may be full i tell you that not one of those who are invited will taste my banquet there's judgment and there's grace in this passage judgment for those who refuse to listen to jesus those pharisees and those sadducees who were more interested in exalting themselves rather than humbling themselves well they will be left out and interestingly here jesus is already showing us that even though the people of Israel who think that they have a right to go to heaven just because they're born as children of Abraham, they have hardened their heart against God. And we're warned not to harden our hearts. But in response to the hardening of the hearts of the Jews here in this passage, the people of Israel, the master says to the people of Israel and to the Gentiles who repent and believe that Jesus is the son of God, then they will be invited to the banquet. This is a great hope at this time. At a time where we're social isolating, we know not only will this one day end and this COVID crisis will end, but also we know that in eternity, there will come a time where we will never be separated again, where we will be with God and we'll be with each other forever and no disease can separate us. So rather than imagining a world without heaven, I would rather celebrate the reality of heaven at this time because it gives me courage, gives me hope. And it gives me satisfaction knowing that God is looking after us. That by turning to Jesus and putting my faith in Jesus, I know that he's done everything 
that I need to be reconciled with God again so that I can taste that banquet in eternity. So let's be encouraged to humble ourselves, not exalt ourselves at this time. Let's not think we're bulletproof and that this COVID thing can't help us. Uh, sorry, can't hurt us. And let's also be reminded to have compassion on the poor and the lost at this time. Thanks again for listening to the Soul Revival Church podcast. Just a reminder, if you want to watch any of these services that we hold live, you can go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you can see all the gatherings up the top of the page. You can choose anyone you wish. It can be on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Thanks again and one way. Music is OK by Ixon.